over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. We bought five assets in um, Arkansas mm. that are inside of an HOA that have a two x rent market. Like I'm buying, they're renting for eight hundred bucks a month, and we're paying thirty nine thousand bucks, you know, each. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you being here. I'm excited to bring you the episode that I'm bringing you today. I've got a really fun guest. His name is Tommy Christie, and this guy has bought more homes than most investors you know combined. He's done over 2,700 homes that he's acquired renovated, leased over that many, just tons, just it's, it's a mind boggling amount. And he was recently, I heard him on Bigger Pockets. He did a great job. I invited him to come on to my show. And we talked about all kinds of things. We talked a lot about remote investing. We talked about some creative finance stuff. We talked about um, lenders and getting money for your deals. And we talked about this concept of the buy box. Like, what is your buy box? What's your criteria? What are you looking for? And we just had a great, great conversation around some of those topics. And it was a lot of fun and I think super duper informative. And so I'm excited for you guys to get into this one and hear it. So I give you without any further delay, Tommy Christie. All right, Tommy, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate your time. I'm really excited to get this opportunity. Yeah, I really, actually, I really appreciate the invitation. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. I've heard you. I've heard you be interviewed before, before, and I know that you're you're compelling, you're interesting, you have a lot to say, and, and that's why I get really psyched up for interviews like this, where I just know it's going to be great. And we've had the opportunity to, to talk a little bit and have a, a bit of a conversation. So I know that there's good uh, chemistry here as far as the conversation goes. So I think this is going to be phenomenal. Uh, if you don't mind, can we um, just give people context who maybe don't know you, haven't heard you before? Yeah. Where, what? First of all, if you did anything before real estate, let's talk about that a little bit. What what your life looked like before that, and how you got involved in real estate, and what led you to kind of where you are now. Great, great. So um, we're centered here in Northern California, and I say kind of centered here in Northern California because we still transact nationally uh, as we push out towards Midwest, Southwest markets in Florida. Um, I did get my start. This will be my twentieth year, and wow. I that's kind of exciting to say, like in general, there are a lot of people who have kind of come out of the game and come back into the game. And, yeah. you know, people who 
the most interesting people who reach out to me that I, I didn't know what they're transacting in or how. I mean, this is now, I can say I've been doing this for 20 years this summer. Um, but prior to it, I was actually selling coupons door to door. And that's how I learned how to knock on doors. And that's actually where you can hit singles, you can hit home runs. It's really yeah. just talking to people. So, what kind of coupons were you selling? What, what were the coupons for? Imagine that uh, Groupon style coupon before okay. Groupon. So okay. you buy it for a card book for 35 bucks and it mm-hmm. comes with a free left ticket and you get buy one, get one freeze on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and you get free waxings and you know yeah. rentals, just 50% <laughs> off rentals. And it was, they actually had a really solid client, but look, you know, they, they, they bring me in thinking, Hey, you get the A's, the Oakland A's you get the Sierra Tahoe, you get all these clients, right? Yeah. And, uh, then you end up selling, you know, Mel's diner, like people that are trying to save seven <laughs> bucks on breakfast. And, yeah. and so I was trying to make 10 bucks a, a card, uh, knocking on a hundred doors a day, a uh, goal to make a hundred bucks a day. I mean, that's wow. 2002 inflation for you how'd you I do live off 2002 inflation how'd you do when you were doing that you know it's all attitude driven you know the the best stuff that i learned there the the c factor smile eye contact enthusiasm all of that stuff when you apply it and you actually are interested i i never killed it i grew a team and i was it was a management training program but okay. i left there with 375 bucks in a beer stein that was <laughs> my bank account and uh i need and then when i interviewed for real estate i remember telling the gal hey uh, i have a uh, phd from chico state and she's like phd i'm like yeah i'm poor hungry and desperate like you need to hire me i can knock on doors like Let's go make some money, dude. I, yeah. You know what? If I were hiring a salesperson and he said that, I'd hire him. I, I would want yeah. that person who says I'm I'm poor, hungry, and desperate because you know yeah. they're going to go out there and bust butt. And they knew I didn't have any money, so luckily they paid me. But I would have done it for free to, to learn from the right people. What made you go toward this real estate company? You, you had a sales sort of foundation. Sales will yeah. take you anywhere, technically, right? Where, why'd you go there? You know, this business is really about people. I mean, and I got. My brother was a banker at Wells Fargo. He, uh, Chris was their main client. And okay. um, from the standpoint of that client that's needy, right? The, the squeaky wheel client, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was in and out and he actually would conversate with the manager saying, you know, I don't hate to poach your talent, but do you know anybody hireable? Like I need someone. And it just so happened that at my six month of my management training program, I was like, man, I got to do something different. And I told my brother, my brother told his manager and like, you know, client privileges. She's like, yeah, give him Chris's card. So then we built that. Nice. Uh, he, he brought me in. I didn't know the difference between a deed and a deed of trust. I didn't know anything. Yeah. And um, he's just said, you can knock on doors and get me appointments. You can learn whatever you want to learn here. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and I, so they kept me on for until I left in 05. Wow. Wow. So that obviously you it, that job i guess sort of launched your interest in real estate yeah. so what did that job do for you before and and what year did you go what what year did you start focusing more on yourself and your portfolio and what you wanted to do yeah so 05 um was me i actually hired a buddy from college and we began just doing door knocks pre foreclosures okay. and um you know for the world of pre foreclosure that's all I knew. I didn't understand property management. I didn't understand money. I didn't understand how to recruit money, you know, fundraises or anything. Um, but people wanted to know more. In 2005, you couldn't go wrong. Yeah. You know, it turns yeah. out it wasn't me. It was the market. <laughs> you know, I know. Everyone felt and, like a genius in 2005. <laughs> oh, man, I was killing it. But 
I, I got lucky because my pops timing wise knew I was leaving. He bought four, like I had four bad deals. And by bad deals, I'm meaning you don't make but 30,000 bucks on the deals or something like that. Like he yeah. had, the guy I was doing deals for had just giant quantity. Yeah. So it was five buy and holds got me started for like that property management side of it. Okay. And then from there, it was like, how do I buy, fix and sell properties in order to enhance my buy, fix and hold addiction? Yeah. And that's yeah. my, I love houses.com is my buy, fix and sell. And I love rentals.com is my buy and hold. And that's my addiction. It's like, I'm not in this to pay tax and you know yeah. have huge income every month, but except for the fact that I'm trying to set myself up for that horizontal income. How, just as a weird side question, but how how hard was it to get those URLs, those domains? I paid i I paid I paid pretty healthy. I love houses.com. <laughs> I paid probably eleven, twelve thousand bucks for that. Thing. Wow! But I paid I love rentals.com. I maybe only paid twelve fifty. And okay. then I had to buy the iHeart versions of it. And then someone asked me, well, do you own the, the LUV versions? I'm like, I got to stop something. You know, like, like, <laughs> I really you know, love, I got to pay for that yeah. one. <laughs> like, uh, so you guys can have that. Or, but I actually get people, like they'll email me at I love, how, I love homes.com or something. I'm like, I don't know that. I don't know that, don't I? <laughs> so are you, ha- uh, again, this is not really point of anything I really plan on talking about, but are you happy that you spent that money for our I Love Houses? Is that, uh, is that a good investment? It's a piece of real estate. I yeah. mean, it's nothing yeah. more than, uh, it is a destination. And they they rank these, and if you don't get to understand that, if you go back in time 10 years before that, and for 1-800 numbers, you know, there's just phone yeah. numbers that people call and, you know, you think... Um, a department store would own it or you'd call 1-800-INSURANCE or other. It's like when people go to these websites, yep. you get, you know, you get organic traffic. And um, I mean, it's, it's no webuyhouses.com or anything sure. like that. It, it is a lot warmer. And I, I love the branding of that. I bought, I love duplexes.com and I love mobilehomeparks.com and I love mobiles. Smart. So I started buying all that from the standpoint of I'm a, that's my thing. I literally like it from the marketing side, but yeah. as a visionary, Owning those and not doing anything with them isn't going to do any good until you get a team surrounding you. Totally. Has anybody ever offered you money for I Love Houses? Yeah, I get random offers on some of the ones I own. Um, that okay. one specifically, I haven't had an offer in in a couple of years because okay. they see it being used. But the ones I get more offers on are the ones that are parked. Yeah, got it. That makes sense. Um, all right, so let's talk about what you're doing. You mentioned that you're. You're locate, you're stationed, or your home base is in Northern California, but you're all over the place. Talk to me about remote investing. Why, why not just stick local or or relatively, you know, regional? Why do it all over? Yeah, and there's a psychology to that. I, I think um, I speak a lot about your buy box mm-hmm. and knowing it and understanding it. Um, I will say that it does shift you know, the quadrants of when to develop, when do you spend enough time that you can do a two year land deal? You know, when do you buy a rental at an eight cap or a six or a four or a 10? So I kind of, I feel like residentially speaking, the cap rate is dead because I've never had a year where I'm like, man, my single family killed it this year. You know, it's like <laughs> I get killed yeah. in maintenance or yeah. anything random, yeah. you know, this two years of pandemic is, is its own beast. Right. Yep. But um, I spend a lot more time um, trying to identify 
assets that are purchased below the replacement cost of the asset mm. and um, that have an income that would be lendable from the standpoint of DCR type loans and the debt coverage loans or mm-hmm. you know something that matches someone who does my volume. Yeah. And then the assets that speak for themselves, like high quality assets. I actually get a lot of stuff like manufactured homes or one-off mobiles and things like that, that still have life in them uh, that are financeable, that have the 433A paperwork underneath them, or they have an opportunity there. And if I can get terms, I just try and keep as much as I can. All right. So there's a couple things I want to touch on, but real quick, something you said toward the end there, did I understand that you're buying mobile homes individually? We like can buy a in a park. We, or on land. We will do those under. We would do homes in a park for disposition, not for rental. Most okay. parks won't allow you to be a landlord inside of their own park. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I was clear on that. And so it sounds to me like, uh, you know, and it's funny because people talk about remote investing, and and a lot of people are interested in that now. What's yeah. interesting though is during the pandemic, in my my business, my personal business, we're pretty much local. We're not all over the United States. However. We were we were closing deals over the phone of houses yeah. that were ten minutes away during the pandemic because people didn't want you coming to their house, right? And so if Very you're closing easy. over the phone and with DocuSign when the house is ten minutes down the road, what's the difference if it's you know five states away, right? It's kind of the same activity. If you trust the people who have I have seen it with their own eyes, yeah, it isn't. Yeah. any different i mean i can i imagine you're very similar to me you probably still have properties even though you they're in 10 minutes away you haven't seen them or you haven't seen them in five years yeah you know, like, yeah so i would say at least 30 40 of my houses i've never seen i love it i love that like, and you mentioned buy boxes and i want to talk about this because i've heard you talk about it i love the conversation and i think it's important for people you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, just whatever, like, show me a good deal. I don't care. like they're not focused. Right. So just talk a little bit about what you mean when you say buy box and why that's important to even be aware of. Yeah, I, I make it relative to the new investors that are like, well, I can't flip a house. I don't have money. You know, there's so much loaded into how you're going to you know, do the deal you do. Some of the wholesalers out there, I mean, there's some amazing bright young people who genuinely don't have any money at all yeah that have figured it out that if you have something tradable transferable leverageable that's a contract or there's a real opportunity there and i see it kind of differently like um uh the buy box of what are you gonna do with your money like me personally if i'm buying we bought um we bought five assets in um, Arkansas mm. that are inside of an HOA that have a two X rent mark. Like I'm buying, they're renting for eight hundred bucks a month, and we're paying thirty nine thousand bucks, you know, each. So I look at these things. I'm like, oh, that's a no brainer. Yeah. Nobody will ever build a forty thousand dollar thousand square foot condo ever again, you know, for any reason. Like, yeah. And so that fits right in that long term box. Now, if it turns out that I bought ninety of them. And I can't afford to finance 90 at the same time, you know, but I can, if I could, I could buy 90 and sell 70 and yeah. keep 20 for myself. I look at that. I try and identify where does it fit and for who, and there are people that are like, 
oh, I mean, I, I would split a deal with some people who call me. They're like, this is a really, really good deal. Yeah. They don't have yeah. the money for it. They either want to wholesale it, get something up front, or they want to partner up on it. And I try and have multiple boxes. But if you're an, in, you know, a civil engineer and you work 50 hours a week already and you're making a great income and you're saving money, then your buy box might just be uh, turnkey doors in mm. Memphis, Tennessee by a turnkey professional that simply buys a turd, makes it amazing, gives you a one-year guarantee on it and does the property management for yep. you. You know, yep. there's some really great operators out there. And I mean, I would I'd buy turnkey stuff if I was getting a good enough discount to market value or my rents. Yeah. So yeah. I keep my boxes really wide open, but yep. if you know who you are to it and you're never going to get on a plane and you're not going to deal with, you know, I think naturally people think, oh, it's a leaking toilet or another. Like, no, it's it's the weirdest things that, that drain you down inside of property management. Yeah. And if yeah. your buy box is, I buy it, I hand it to a property manager and I don't think anything of it. Yeah. That's your buy box. Yeah, I like that. Because your buy box, it's not just about bedrooms, bathrooms, price. Like your buy box is almost your tolerance for aggravation or for risk. Really or, great point. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's under it's under spoken about, right? Because people think of buy box like, what's your buy box? Oh, three twos, brick. You know that that's all they say, bad, right? Well, it's in a bad area. I won't do that. Deal. Yeah, like, yeah. Bad yeah, area yeah. to who? Yeah. Like what? What bad area? I mean, have you ever? Uh, would you park your car there overnight? No. Okay, yeah. that's probably a bad area, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't mean you can't own the asset there. You know, yeah. it's like. But there are still parts of the world that have three hundred and fifty dollar rent. I know. And I, those like well. <laughs> You, even if you have three great years in a row, <laughs> yeah. one mistake, you know, wipes that out. Yeah, right absolutely. So. Absolutely. So how do you, when you do the remote stuff, you mentioned if you have someone that you trust that's seeing it with their own eyes. Yeah. First of all, I guess the first quick question, how many different states or locations are you buying in? Like, what do you currently have? What's your spread? So, um our active flips uh, this month, we're closing in four states. We're closing in Oklahoma, Indiana, Missouri, and Arkansas, actually, and Tennessee. So five. Um, we have 12. Uh, we have our, our pipelines, maybe 15 to close this month. Okay. And uh, we're probably going to close 12 of them for sure. There's one or two others that have like title curative stuff, you know, random stuff that we're getting better deals on mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we're willing to wait for. Yeah. But, um, and California. So we're really heavy. It's about eight. If I include Florida <clears throat> states that we don't do much in, okay. like we maybe we only have one in Florida right now and one yep. that'll come through in Texas, but it really is genuinely about the relationship and people will call with a deal or they'll say, Hey, do you buy in this area? The answer is always yes. <laughs> when I see the deal, I'm like, but I can't buy that. You know, yeah, like if it's yeah. 110 years old, the porch has fallen off of the house. Yeah. Like if it's surgery or is it nursing? And I just try and qualify the lead. Yeah. And as soon as I can, I, I back. I, I mean, I want to have rapid response to any lead, which is when gotcha. it comes to me, I'll get you a fast answer, whether it's yes or no. I love it. And so if somebody comes to you with a deal in an area that you've never operated before, what's your process for getting yourself in a position where you feel comfortable, not just from the deal standpoint and the underwriting, I'm talking more from the person on the ground and, and how are you verifying things? Like, how do you get up to speed quickly with that? Great question. I, I, it actually changes depending on your volume. Um, in a year where we're going to do three a month, like 
and we have time, if it's an REO or if it's a private party, we go the distance on these um, inspections. And okay. then those are actually, you know, ammunition to work with the bank or the owner or the other to say, I mean, we backed out on one at 3.30 this month. The next guy bought it for 300. He backed out and now we're back in contract on it at 250. Oh, wow. So it was a, um, a pest issue that went all the way up the wall. Oh, and we were like, it's not, this is not worth the gamble. Yeah. You know, the margin was very specific. We were going to make like an 8% margin on the deal because it was a solid school district, a solid I property. Gotcha. And backing out was the right decision on that thing. It was within, it was an REO. But when you drive by a house and you add an auction, our best purchase of the month, the eaves are all tore out. Like they're yeah. falling down the gutters and you can see they're using pizza boxes for their blinds, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it is a hoarder's dream, right? Well, we got inside of that yesterday and it turns out there's not a single leak that pierced through wow. the, you know, the roof. So yeah. it was all exterior, you know, people, you have to just make an educated guess that if I'm wrong, am I either breaking even on the deal, yep. losing my tail, or it's going to be a home run. You know, it kind of fits into these categories. And when you do a hundred deals a year, you can get bit directly in the tail on two, three of those and yep. not, you know, we lost a deposit this month to a deal that, um, you know, it turned out to have a foundation issue that we couldn't fix. Yeah. So it, that's the agreement. You get into contract and the agreement is I, here's my deposit. And if I don't live up to what I'm promising, then I'm going to bail on my deposit. Yep. But if you don't do that, especially when you're talking about 100 deals a year, if you don't do that, you'll never get to 100 deals a year. Like it's not pot, you know, you can't, you can't yeah. be meticulously careful about every single thing unless you just want to do a half a dozen or a dozen deals a year. And then let's call it good. That's fine. You know, the measurement there's actually insurance. If you think about it, it's insurance against your profitability. Are you willing to do a sewer inspection? No, that's $450 times 100. You right. Know, like, are yes. you a hundred chimney inspections, you know, you're going to do a, 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 so it's this, can you check all these boxes and say, and you know, when you get to a point where you're every dollar counts, every deal counts, it's part of your, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving my job yeah. to live off my horizontal income, check those boxes, nail that down, only do REOs. Don't do the stuff where you can't, if you drive by it and you can only see it from the outside. Yeah. You know, so yep. it's, you just got to check. It's a matter of confidence and comfort. And my comfort level with being wrong is it won't be the first time. No. And I'm the same way. It's funny you say that though, like a, a sewer check that's $450. Most people would say, well, yeah, for sure you do it. And you would do it if you were going to buy one house that year. You yeah. would for sure do it. But $450 times 100, yeah. are, is it worth the risk that one will go wrong, maybe out of 100 to save that $45,000? Yeah, of course it is. And it is for me too. I do the same thing. And when you get to a point and you start to go to bulk policies and you self-insure, there's the world of, you know, how do you cover yourself and the cash flow really changes as yeah. you try and figure out why you're buying, what you're buying and what you're buying. Like we bought one in St. Louis today that is a 2,200 square foot duplex for 37,000 bucks. You know, it's like, and it's brick. The entire structure is, is well-built brick, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we get to get inside and see how it smells, but what? would make you completely from a, a location standpoint, not necessarily the property and maybe nothing, but what would make you say, nope, not investing there? Have you have you ever turned down what looked like a good deal on paper because you just couldn't get behind the location? Location matters. Yeah. I, I 
you know, it depends. I, I think that the greatest word in real estate is terms, mm. right? Like if someone says, Hey, just take this you know problem off my hand, I'm walking into a $250,000 duplex, but it's right next door to a gas station. There's a stoplight right in front of it. Across the street is the liquor store. And then to your left is, you know, a gun shop or who yeah. knows, you know, whatever else it is. Right, it has, right. Lines out the door every which way. And <laughs> you wonder, can I still cover my rent with this? Or, you know, uh, the busy streets there's, uh, right now, if I'm, if I was to get a phone call um, from someone in, you know, Springfield, Missouri or Indianapolis, Indiana, I would look at the asset and say, okay, it's a hundred years old. Do I have any proof that the main mechanicals are taken care of or have been upgraded? You know, all the previous MLSs and everything, you can read through them and figure out when the assets are done. Yeah. If there is a chance that that uh, if it's a flip, we're going to get too deep into it, or we don't have an operator there that we have a proven relationship with, or um, a property management company that would say, I will, I know no problem. I will get this thing re-rented for you. We have handyman. We have, I have no problem saying no to those kinds of transactions, but gotcha. amazing terms on deals <laughs> is that's a tough one. That, that's is. one that gets my, that gets my heart running a little bit. It is. So am I to believe that you, you're doing uh buy and hold and flips in different states. Like you're, yeah. you're fine. You just look at it and say, what makes the most sense for me? And you do it. If it's buy and yeah. hold, you do that. If it's flip, you do and that. And here's my, my national, uh, you know, it, it's applicable in every market. In some markets, it's 130K. In some markets, it's 165. But there's that rent to buy matrix mm-hmm. affected by the mortgage rates and such. There are just communities where you cannot, you can't just get product at all. Like yeah. there's just nothing for sale. So you can still buy $65,000 turds, but you can sell a house rehab for 165 because you can get it all financed into the purchase. The comps yeah. are so far off and yeah. all over the board. Um, and I look at those and think, oh, can I fix it? And I, my biggest filter, which going back to your previous question that kind of complements this is that, is there a contractor that's willing to work with us now, a state investor? They've been burned by other people on the phone yeah. begging for free, you know, free advice or for other. And how solid is that labor base? Because it could take you six months to get a, turnover done in snow, you know, like versus. So there are timing things and and, that will just keep us. It may be a great property. If I don't have a lot of boxes checked or something like that, I can't, I'll I'll end up sending someone from out of state to go over and turn stuff over, which is just not. So what what is your secret? And I don't, I'm just I'm sort of putting words in your mouth. Maybe you don't have a secret. But what is your strategy or process for finding someone to turn over a house in another state that you've not worked before? Like, are you willing uh, it, to just like go and find people and from scratch yeah, and get it done? And how, how do you do it? Okay. I mean, you have to have a number where when you get burned for your five thousand dollar deposit, you it doesn't kill a deal. Yeah. You know, it's frustrating. Or can you have done something different in that? It usually starts with the one professional you're choosing to work with. If your real estate broker, agent, or other says, oh, Marvin's your guy. Like he's going to turn this thing over for you every time. He's been her maintenance guy or contractor or other for Mm. so long. It's so easy to work in and work around other people's networks. And so we have people, we have brokers that bring us stuff that will manage the rehab. They get a Hmm. 10% of the construction cost and a full boat commission on the exit. They get an, you know, they get a commission on the in 
construction management fee and commission on the out. And there's, it's, it's perfectly aligned with what their, their own individual goals are. I love working with people who do deals, but have a reasonable bandwidth. Yeah. You know, like doing a $250,000 house in a market where you can still buy hundred thousand dollar houses that keeps some people unable to pull the trigger on more than one project at a time. Right. So we can come in and do, we can meet a need for someone um, and piggyback on their, I mean, I, we saw a Detroit package this week that I would say 90% of the street was vacant. Like, and yeah. I had never seen that before. I heard about <laughs> it, but I started thinking like price wise, like, I think I can make these things work. And you know, the average age is 111 years old. Is it, was it in the city of Detroit? Like within the city limits? Yeah. 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 Dude, be and so I, but I, I looked at it, I treated it like it was a genuine lead. And I, I would like to work with you on this lead if I can make it work. And, but I have no, I've never done a deal in Michigan all the way around the whole state. So, yeah, I, I was going to dive into it, but I decided to steer clear, but you brought it up. So if you have a deal in Detroit, please call me before you send anybody any money <laughs> because it's so street by street, neighborhood by neighborhood. And if it was looked mostly vacant on the street, uh, probably bad news, honestly. So yeah, um, yeah and a good rule of thumb. And if people from Michigan are listening, I could get some hate mail, but here, but good, good rule of thumb, East side, bad, West side, potentially good. That's kind of, it's kind of the way it boils down. Um, there's exceptions, but very interesting. So, uh, Okay, so I had a question, and now it's leaving my head. What was my question for you? I had a good one. Um, boom. Oh, I know what it was. It wasn't really a question. It was more of a comment. But I think that's that's really brilliant that you're using professionals like like realtors or brokers to tell you who the good you know handyman or the good contractor is. That's so smart. But that leads me to the next question that I think is uh, it's burning on everyone's mind because I get this thing 500 times a week, it sounds like. You said you're closing on 50, you have 15 deals in the pipeline and you're closing yeah. on, I don't remember how many you said this month. How are you finding deals? Where, where are you getting your leads? So the, the benefit of it being my 20th year is that I get a lot of organic, I get a lot of relationship stuff. And um, like I may go a whole year without being able to see you or speak to you again or other. And there's just stuff that comes up in my area through your network and mm-hmm. vice versa. You'll be like, you'll get a text from me. You'll be looking like, oh, yeah, I can totally look at this deal with you. And in a heartbeat, when you say no, I have no reason to go any further than the fact that yeah. that, that deal doesn't work, you know, yeah. or that project doesn't work or other. So I've got a great deal of people. Like I don't personally shop MLS at all. Like it just is, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Okay. And so agents will reach out and they'll say, Hey, I got a great one in our office is pre MLS, or I have a great one in my office. They know that I will give it right back to them. Like I'm not an agent, I'm not a broker, I'm an investor. Mm-hmm. And so by identifying myself there, there's never any kind of like um, confusion on who I'm going to work with. Everybody's incentivized for the win. Yeah. Now, I, that doesn't mean that as I'm about to break even on a deal, I'm going to pay you a $25,000 commission on the exit. You yeah. know, like it's like this, yeah. I can't go in the negative and lose 25 <laughs> Right. Like, so we've had them like, you know, just give, you know, kick in. So it's like making 10,000 bucks on a deal where I broke even, you yeah. know, so they get the better end of that. The people look at it like, oh, you're making hand money, hand over cash. You bought it for a hundred and you sold it for 200. Like, no, that's not really it. But yeah, there is a huge digital push right now too, where, um, some people don't, I mean, I, I'm old school. Like I'll pick up the phone and I will work a deal that comes through. People saw it, speak to me direct. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
there's a lot of people who are doing digital anything. And I'm investing now with um, a company that's doing AI based leads, you know, like handwritten letters and, oh, okay. um, and they, it, the, the call to action is a phone number for texting or the call to action is a t- I, it's a little further right now than I don't have the metrics to say that that yeah. is our hottest lead source, but mine right now has been wholesale uh, referral and um, just relationship. Okay. When you say and wholesale, you mean wholesalers, right? Pete, you're buying from wholesalers. Specific, gotcha. Directly purchasing from wholesalers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think it's great. And, and I think what's important to say, to, to mention about that, and maybe this is a little self-serving because I'm a wholesaler, but I hear people sometimes say, ah, I'm not, I don't buy from wholesalers because they make a lot of money. They mark it up. And it's like, you're, kind of, you're missing the point. You're not spending time or money generating the lead and they're putting money out there and yeah. presumably sometimes spending, I mean, in my company, I'm, we spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month on leads, right? Yeah. So, so, and it's just, it's there for you in a silver platter. Are they making money? Yes, but it doesn't matter. I always tell people, do you care if I sell you a house and I like to you, Tommy, and I say it's $100,000 and you do your due diligence and you're, you're underwriting, you're like, wow, 100,000, that works for me. Do you care if I bought it for 95,000 or if I bought it for 10,000? Like what's, it, it shouldn't matter, right? It shouldn't matter because you got the it, price it that you wanted. It has killed deals. It will kill deals. Yes. And the person that is willing to say that has usually not been a seller enough because yeah. when it turns out that you projected or you're going to put one on the market for 200 and you put on the market for 250. And you get over asking. Yes. And the people look at the math and like, you bought this for 90. Like, yeah. I'm going to offer you 200. You are asking 200. Well, the thing I bid up, you know, to 250, it's like this as if what we paid for it was part of that. Well, <laughs> just making sure their margin's not greater than 10%. Yeah, like, exactly. That box will never get checked in a market like this. No, uh, no, 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 no. Not at all. And I think, you know, listen, if, if you are happy with the, with the purchase price, my my thing is don't don't look in anybody else's pockets. If you are happy with what you got, you should be happy regardless. So, um, <clears throat> so let's talk about that a little bit though. Your your lead generation. I know you've been doing this a long time. You get referrals, sure. but when people say I just can't find any deals in this market, and 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 I always man, I love that you're talking about referrals because that's the long game. Okay, if you if you're new to real estate and you need a deal tomorrow, the answer isn't develop long-term relationships where there's mutual trust because that is in fact a long a long-term play what do you tell people who say i'm new to real estate how do i find deals i don't have these relationships yet i'm going to work on them but i need i need something now yeah i feel like there's a, a foundation of of who you know inside of that the buy box theory you kind of go back to if you can tell someone specifically what you're looking for yeah. You can tell 10 people specifically what you're looking for. Like we bought we bought a $12,000 house in Arkansas and I now from that one purchase with hiring the broker to dispose of it for us after we got an apartment complex lead. Like mm. do people genuinely know what you're looking for or why do you, or do you just assume yeah. that they you think they should know what kind of products it yeah. is that you're doing. My closings this month are going to range from a $37,000 condo to a $500,000 single family flip. Yeah. It's a very broad in two completely different states. But I will tell you, if I spent, if I had a commitment and a written goal to call six brokers a week, six brokers a day inside of that market and say, and then I'm going to do a follow up that next week or for certain ones, you'll do a follow up. 
the quality of the relationships and you know the qualified leads that come through will grow a lot how do you how do you stand out assuming that these brokers get calls from investors all the time what do you what would you suggest someone say when they're making this initial contact or they're reaching out to a broker i like to say it about we I actually, I use the word we a lot, especially for the people who I'm trying to mentor through a lot of this is that, Hey, my partner and I have been doing this for 20 years. I'll be your partner. Like you could genuinely say inside of that. I mean, if you call me like, Hey, I need a proof of funds for not less than a million one, like, you know, I'd cut, I'd scrape together whatever I could accomplish. And we would be looking at that transaction. If you have that pitch and it is genuine, it's like, you know, if someone has contacted me and said, Hey, here, I'm looking at yields that are not going to be less than 20%. And I'm thinking that we can turn these things four times a year. That's a pre-compounded 80% ROI on my investment. Like that gets my attention, you know? And then, so if somebody wants to work a deal as if my money is ours, I feel like the big, what sets people apart is we. Like yeah. you get someone working with you that understands deals. I mean, people fall in love with deals. You're like, look, you have to fall out of love with this deal. Like I've been down this road before or other, or like, this is the best deal ever. Please do not lose contact with this lady. Like you know, this seller, you know, like, yeah. yeah. I need this thing to close because I get emotionally attached, you know, attached to it. Totally. And, you, know, you could partner most of that no finance down stuff that the real, you know, real estate flips comes from someone has the money. Yeah. We have it. You can, here's our proof of funds. You can shop with our proof of funds for our entity. And then just do a side agreement that your, you know, your fee ranges from 5,000 to 50,000 bucks, depending on how much profitability is. Right. There's all kinds of different ways inside of the no money down world, but I feel like it starts with relationships and we. So what do you think about the burst strategy? Is that something that you guys utilize a lot or not? Hands down the best. Like it is a, it's regional lender dominated. The national lenders will do it. But if I could cover my overhead and only do burrs right now, I think that the liability and flipping in California is not super awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's less interesting. And our environmental quality act that had you know passed, there's all kinds of stuff that kind of comes in that puts a reasonable floor on, um, what it costs to build here. Mm-hmm. If you can get into assets, not get into the fluctuation of, you know, interest rates are affecting the end of volume. Like if you're looking yeah. long-term that burr market, especially for, you know, understand your buy box. If you're, if you're like a, a licensed professional anytime you see it with doctors, you see it with people that are just, they have their hard charging professionals and they're also diversifying into real estate, buy it, you know, rehab it, rent it, yep. refinance it, repeat. Like it is, it was my favorite part of this world, which is why I love rentals.com kind of build. So that's awesome. So if someone's listening to this and they say, okay, I get it. The burst strategy is awesome. We all know that. And you said it's regionally, uh, you know, dominated by regional banks and local banks. What does one who's never done this before or talked to a bank about this, what does one say to a bank when they uh, approach their local credit union and they want to have this relationship? What do they say? How do you well, frame that? I would say the fork in the road there is I currently have this house I want to refinance versus I'm looking at buying this house all cash for 30,000 bucks. 
Yeah. It needs a hundred percent of its purchase price in order to make it livable again. Yeah. But I feel very confident it's worth around that hundred thousand dollar marker. Yeah. You know, like um, I feel like the difference that the, what people need to know for that first bird deal, the second bird deal, whatever it is, is that the debt coverage ratio, the bank wants to know at a reasonable rent, can you PITI cover it? Can you cover my principal, my interest, my taxes, my insurance? Yeah. And then it is not a science from there. It's like rent 750 payments, 375. I feel confident in this, that I can cover the mortgage, including a vacancy rate. And um, so you, if you understand the products that they're offering, you know, uh, six months seasoning or six Mm -hmm. months worth of rent or, you know, whatever it is, as long as you can check those boxes, they want to put the money out. I mean, these are people who are incentivized mortgage brokers are incentivized to loan you money. It's not like they're not the no of the bank. There's some real strength from the mortgage side. Totally. Will this work? Will the birth strategy continue to function as it should when interest rates inevitably go up? I would say that uh, the convenient part of that money is the world of a paper subprime. Mm -hmm. Like that for the people that are doing high volume, it might be it might change it. I just, the crystal ball of where rent is going, right. even in some of these smaller towns show that a one point tick is not going to yep. make a huge difference for the Burr strategy. And a lot yeah. of Burr investors at one point in time will have free and clear assets or be able to kind of rotate, sure. you know, money's through. Yep. And you can, I mean, I, I feel like the real big opportunity is that, commercial birth, this you know the small multifamily yeah bed. yeah i think that's true and, and i don't i wasn't like i don't think if interest rates go up a little i just don't think it's going to have that dramatic of an impact i think it'll still work i think it'll still work fine yeah. just we're lucky right now when interest rates are so low it's great but i don't think it stops working you know in in three years when interest rates are different i don't think it does personally yeah all right. So listen, how, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? I, I want to just, man, I want to thank you again for your time and your expertise. This is awesome. I could literally, like, you're so easy to talk to. I could sit here for another hour easily and just shoot the breeze. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I feel like that is what, you know, when I get into a real estate investment room, that conference mentality, the other, it's like, I, I just talk and talk through. It's like, you know, or get text messages that, you know, they come through from people that I hadn't heard from in a while. But um, I'm not, I mean, for branding purposes, you can look me up on LinkedIn as Tommy Christie, but um, for ilovehouses.com or Tommy at ilovehouses.com on the email, uh, you can kind of see it over my shoulder. Here's my 916 buy sell truck. You can follow, you actually phone call 916 buy sell. It'll ring, you know, to myself. Oh, that's phone. awesome. So that's awesome. I bought that one. For like twelve hundred bucks, wow. I paid. I prepaid the girl's cell phone for an entire year if she agreed to sell them. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, yeah, she's like, That's awesome. I'm good with that. Like, she right. talked to her husband, and he agreed. He's like, okay. All right. I'm always I'm always uh, intrigued and, and a little afraid when people put their phone number out or a number where they can be reached directly on the on the podcast. But I love it, man. God bless you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Hopefully you get calls from people going, Hey Tommy, what's up? No, man? you guys got a great network. I mean, I'm <laughs> hoping to I'm hoping to really mature something out. This would be great. Good. I love it, man. I love it. And thanks again for your time. Like I said, I, I appreciate it. We all 
listen, time is the commodity that we don't get back. It's the thing that yeah. we all should should be protecting with mm-hmm. all of our hearts and souls. And so I do appreciate your time on this. Uh, I love that you took the time to do it. And it was a real fun and a pleasure to get to know you a little better. So thanks again for doing it, man. Yeah, you too. I really look forward to kind of keep our relationship going. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, man. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun talking to Tommy. He's a really good guy. We actually uh, met up on Zoom to kind of get to know each other a little bit better before we even logged on today, like a, like a week or two ago. And uh, it was time well spent because I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, he really knows what he's doing, and he has such a good attitude about the business and about growth and about uh, just how to make this whole thing work and what it takes to be successful and just the kind of person I like having on the show. And I hope you guys uh, really felt that. I hope it came through, and I hope it was a good interview for you as well because like I said I enjoyed the heck out of it so get out there and get started guys don't wait figure out your buy box go for it start moving you know 10 years is going to go by and whether or not you start your business or grow your business now or wait it's still going to go by let's get it done now your future self will thank you all right we'll see you next time